0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. And this conversation, Jason, it's one that went a lot of places I didn't expect. Absolutely.
1: We went into this. We we're excited to talk to Rob Lacasio mm-hmm. because his company, Live Person, it's been around for a while. Obviously, their business has changed a lot in the pandemic. As we think about customer service, we think about changing customer behavior. But then we sort of took it down a level in some yeah. ways because we started to talk about his background as a lifelong New Yorker, as an entrepreneur who's been very involved in the New York scene, and also what he's done as a philanthropist and someone who's really given a lot back to the New York community check
2: it out you know we build platforms to allow uh, consumers to communicate with their favorite brands and um you know the contact centers which normally would handle these communications have been shut down uh because of social distancing and you know i've always been we, we've been providing messaging platforms and ai not voice platforms like the 800 numbers were against that and the voice contact centers really got shut down and there's a real issue with getting through to brands and getting your phone calls answered and it's gotten worse than it ever has and so we've just seen this massive shift into our platform and uh you know it's just it's been a real ride over the last couple of weeks so last couple months actually
0: yeah
1: and so you know, it's interesting, Rob, because you guys have such a window into sort of human behavior, I, I guess, and, and we're all wondering, you know, we were talking uh, during one of our local fills earlier in the show for our, our New York audience about, you know, Wall Street interns and how they're having to sort of adjust the way that they deal with their would-be bosses because they're, you know, having to set up Zoom calls instead of, you know, being those eager beaver go-getters who are like fetching lunch and doing all that stuff that, interns do in, in normal times, I do wonder, you know, like, how have you seen people's behavior change?
2: Look, it, it's it's the, the contact center reps is 15 million of them around the world were sent home. And normally they're in these, you know, fixed locations sitting two feet from each other. And now they're taking phone calls in their home uh, while they have kids running around yeah. and, you know, just dealing with the stresses of that. And it, it's not working out. Uh, that, that well, so you know, I think the stress on this group of people and, and is is really tough. Now, once again, the alternative is what we're providing them as a way to become bot makers and create automations and 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 really jump into the digital world because that's the world that's growing uh, and and really scaling it, and versus sitting there and trying to handle phone calls while you're in your home with some angry customer screaming at you and now in your home. I mean, they, they got to take the work home. It, it's, it doesn't make sense. So th- there's really an opportunity here to kind of change how they work and, and get them into the future. Or they're going to lose their jobs. This is really what I think that the challenge is for them right now, what they're facing.
0: Well, so give us, I don't know how specific you can get because you work with a lot of, yeah. you know, certainly well-known brands. But give us a for instance that, you know, um, maybe how a brand has kind of tapped into what you're doing, especially in the specific environment that we're in.
2: Yeah. So, you know, uh, Chipotle is one of our, Mm -hmm. one of our customers and, and, uh, obviously going into a store and picking ingredients and building a burrito, you you may or may not want to really do that right now with, with the challenges of the virus. So we built, uh, with them an automation. It's called Pepper and through Facebook Messenger or SMS, you can, you can, you can converse with Pepper and Pepper helps you build your burrito. And then you show up at the store and they hand it to you. You don't have to come in; they just hand it to you. Hmm. So there's a lot of that going on right now. We, we we're seeing massive amounts of uh, interest and demand in the retail world because they've been turned upside down. How do you get a consumer engaged when they don't feel comfortable coming in a store? And and that's really where we see have them talk to an automation. Uh, you know, do curbside delivery. Um, that that's a whole different thing because retail's not going to go under. It just is going to shift into something different, which is going to be powered by AI and automation. Well, talk
0: to us a little bit more about that shift, because I think we, you know, Jason and I were talking earlier just about kind of the real estate story of of retail, because we're certainly seeing it in New York City, as more retailers are shutting down. Not a new story. But I do wonder, you know, how much in times of crisis, we see transformations. So what else happens to the retail environment that might feel new or will feel new soon, but will soon become also the norm?
2: Look, in China right now, and, and we're actually launching a platform in, in a couple of weeks that's, in, in China, they do streaming shopping. The, the, some of the most popular, biggest services are streaming shopping. And this is literally people in their homes with products and, and like, uh, someone's trying on a dress. And there are people in real time and video asking questions and messaging. And, and, and this person's trying on something. They say, hey, try that other dress on. Do this. And, and so you can imagine a world in which you, you have people that are, are trying things on. They're, they're explaining the, the products that you want to buy. And and by video, you can go ahead and engage them. You can message them also. And it, it can be one to many. But, but that, I think, is going to happen because we can solve. We, we, we're right now I'm working with one of the large home improvement companies. and We're virtualizing a store. As in when you walk in, you don't have to find a sales rep. Next to every product is a QR code. You basically start messaging. You can talk to an automation or a human who's not in the store, and you can ask questions. We, we can solve that problem. The issue is walking in the store. Right. And, and I think when we look at, um, you know, how do you get people so they don't bump into each other? So I think this, what, seeing with streaming shopping, and like I so said, we're releasing a, a platform very shortly to go after this. I, I think that's going to be a way for you to at least engage and ask questions in your home, and then you'll be able to buy or or do a curbside pickup and or you know and I think that that's really where the future is going to be.
1: Uh, later on this hour, we're going to take you to Washington for a briefing from the president, uh, a coronavirus briefing, and as Carol mentioned earlier, uh, often much more, mm. uh, especially given everything that's going on in the world. Let's get back in the meantime to our conversation with Rob Ocasio. He is founder and CEO of Live Person. He joins us on the phone from Connecticut. And Rob, I want to take this in a slightly different direction, if I can, because knowing a bit about your background, you've been incredibly involved in the New York City startup scene and understanding sort of what drives entrepreneurship, especially in New York City. There are a lot of big kind of existential concerns right now about New York City, rightly or wrongly. Some think they're overblown. Some think that we're underestimating the impact that everything that we're going through could have on New York City. What's your take?
2: I mean, I think there's going to be some major uh, challenges, and it, it starts with this, is that like we decided a few weeks ago that we will not be returning to our offices, and and our corporate headquarters is in New York City, although we have 14 offices around the world. And out of about 1,300 employees, only about 250 are in New York. But we decided as a company not to go back to offices and because they're not safe. And, and I know I've talked to many other CEOs who are friends of mine in New York City, and they're thinking, you know, we, we can't force our employees back. Plus, we're doing very well. You know, we had our best quarter in our history this past quarter. So we're all doing very well if you're in tech in and and you're part of the shift that's happening in the world. So here's what what I think is going to happen. People are going to move out. I mean, I'm seeing it now. Some of our employees are like, look, if if I'm not working in New York, I'm not going to be in a small apartment. And I think, you know, people are going to start to leave. And I don't think it's just tech. Um, It's going to be other industries because it's very expensive to work in New York. Um, You know, it does have a, a great lifestyle if you can actually engage with people. And so I think for especially our younger employees, um, I think they're going to tend to want to go someplace else. And so, um, I think this will have an impact, especially in the startup world, because people may go other places to go start businesses because New York, once again, is not the the cheapest place to to start a business. I started there. I slept on a couch for two years. Now that was back 25 years ago. It was cheap. It was cheap to do that. Now it's not, you can't sleep on a couch in New York City down Tribeca. That's what I did. And I paid 400 bucks a month. You're not going to do that anymore. So I think it's a little hard to be a startup in New York.
0: So Rob, when you say we decided you're not going to go back to your New York offices at all, you're done. All offices?
2: No, globally, not just New York, but all offices. No, yeah, we're 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 done.
0: Wow. So. so so is it hybrid or is it everybody working at home? You're just going to continue that, or you'll get offices outside major cities?
2: We, we do We're gonna we're gonna push the, the. We spend ten to twelve million a year on rent. And our landlords cannot cannot make the offices safe. I mean, I went back to New York and I looked at our office. I mean, it's a joke to think that four people can be in an elevator and they're trying to space. It just doesn't make sense. And they're not doing the work to make them safe. I'd rather take that money, push it down to my employees and say, you figure out what to do. And what's happening now is some of them want to get together for a couple of months. Six of them will get together and get some space, maybe a work or something else. But we will not be committing to fixed office space things are working really well right now for us. And, you know, it's not about working from home or remote. It's about giving uh, people the flexibility to work the way they think they can at the best they can be. And even for me, like, I don't miss the office a hundred percent. I miss seeing people and I, mm-hmm. I, I do visit people and I, I'll take a nature walk with my, some of my, my, my reports and we'll, we'll talk for two hours and, and we're changing the way we work. But, I don't see offices being the central location anymore, at least not for us.
1: Interesting. I do want to ask you before we let you go about some of your, some of your philanthropic work as well, and, and especially something you've done also related to New York City called Feeding NYC. Um, and it's all about sort of feeding families who, who otherwise not be able to fully feed themselves, especially around Thanksgiving. We are at a moment, a critical moment right now in New York City and many other places. We're talking about millions of people being evicted. We're talking about unemployment rates we haven't seen since recessions or even depressions? How should we be thinking as leaders about how to bridge that gap philanthropically?
2: This is, you know, this is going to be a really, uh, I think, a focal point for um, people like myself and my company and and others. There, There are a lot of people who are who were hurting previous to COVID. And now, like you said, they're unemployed. Uh, we work with women in need mostly. It's a big shelter system that helps women who are in uh, battered relationships and they leave with their families and they get back on their feet. You know, there's, just, there's not enough supply for the demand of people who are homeless, and especially families and children. And we have to step up now and help them, and, and there's more people who, who are going to need to go into the shelter system. So I started this foundation after 9-11, and I wanted to give something back to the, to the, to New York. I We started, we fed 70 families at that time. Last year, we, we fed next to close to a little over 4,000 families. Wow. And then we fed about 80,000 since nine eleven. And all I can say is that, um, you, you'd be surprised people who live next door to you. It's very funny. that the, the shelters are all around New York city. They, they may be three blocks from you and they're, they're suffering. Yeah. And, uh, and we have to help them. So, in my case, you go to feedingnyc.org, sign up. We, we even though we got to think about how we're going to pack turkeys and deliver them this year, we will do that. We will feed them. We're going to target eight thousand families this year, uh, almost double what we did last year because we got to step up and help those in need.
0: That was Rob Lacasio. He's the founder and CEO of Live Person. And Jason, as we all just heard, I mean, he is a diehard New Yorker. And the one thing that really stayed with us, I mean, a lot of things, because he really dug deep into the retail industry. But that whole idea that his team at Live Person, they're not going to be heading back to their offices in New York City at all. It's a game changer. And it really made me rethink about kind of what the future looks like, especially for some of these big cities.
1: Yeah, because this is not a Johnny come lately to New York, right? I mean, this is a guy who has invested a lot of his time and energy into building up the entrepreneurial scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been involved with the partnership for New York City. So he's been a player. And so if he's thinking these sorts of things, it does make you think that the future is going to be pretty different when it comes to New York. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra.
0: Be sure to tune into Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: This is Bloomberg.